Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From the glow of St. Paul's number one, welcome to another edition of Cabin Country. Give us the time and we'll take you out of the traffic and away from the levee. Let's find the place where the loons call out among the moonlit waves, where the wind sighs among the Norway pines. Pull up a dock chair, have a sip of your coffee, and get a line in the water. This is Cabin Country. Welcome back, folks, to another edition of Cabin Country. I'm Fudd Klugman, and next to me here is Bjorn Lloydstedt. How are you doing, Bjorn? I am well, Fudd. How are you doing tonight? Doing very well. Well, you know, Fudd, I was thinking we used to drive this time of year, Friday nights. We would have to wait until, obviously, I was home from school, and Mom had taught her last piano lesson, and Dad was back from work, and uh, sometimes he would pull rank and say I'm out of here at a decent hour we're going to get up north and while well, we still have light and when you got north of Brainerd there were just lakes everywhere and in the 70s it was still resort country cabin country was resort country mm-hmm. and people were still going to these resorts and they were starting to wane I mean it was start, it was a, a piece of Minnesota history cabin country history that was already sort of beginning to slowly decline that was how we got our cabin. It was a resort, and the owner was done. He'd, he'd put in his years, and he was ready to retire, and so we he sold off the cabins. It became private property for all these different cabin owners. But we would still, you know, year after year, we'd be driving up in every lake, and it just seemed like they were everywhere, you know, the, the land of 10,000-plus. But, boy, you'd get north of, of Brainerd, and it was... Just perpetual signs along the highway of different different resorts. Most of them had a, a, a past, a history that was very fishing-oriented. You know, um, They all had unique names, and they all had crazy signs. And uh, the things you'd see on some of those signs, you know, ultra-modern cabins, now with color television, you know, things like that. Oh, boy, come in off the lake with your stringer and... It's time to watch Johnny Carson or something like that, you know. Um, depending on the size of the cabins, it wasn't usually lodges. It was just small cabins. And I just recall, especially, I want to say it was Maryfield on or between, well, there's some small towns in between. And, and every turn off the highway, just signs upon signs upon signs for different places. And they all had funky names that these resort owners would give their, their you know, resorts. And I remember seeing things... My mom would always say, what do you suppose that means? You know, Roby Doe Resort. <laughs> Modern cabins, fishing hookups, you know, all this kind of stuff. Boat rentals. Um, just everywhere you looked, the, I was like, Roby Doe? What in the world does Roby Doe mean? Um, I remember one, too, that we I'd never see it, but I'd hear it on KNMT, Walker, K, whatever the two stations out of Brainerd and Walker, mm-hmm. Alexandria. It was the same TV channel. Chateau Paulette, you know, come come as you are by boat or by car, and I could never figure out is this a restaurant or a resort or what is it? But uh, you know, I, the names escape me at this point, but they were always tiny little cabins up on Cinderblock, mm-hmm. and all lined up along this lake, and, and people would just kind of come rolling in and set up for the week, and, and uh, they'd either rent a boat or they'd haul their boat, and uh, I don't know, it, it always struck me as interesting how they were 
everywhere you looked in the mm-hmm. 70s and early 80s. And then as the 80s kind of progressed, they stopped existing. They, yeah. you know, or these are for sale. And, you know, suddenly, you know, five cabins for sale, lots, you know, inquire at the main house, all this kind of stuff. And just thinking, wow, we've got kind of an end of an era here. Not as many of these anymore as there used to be. And, uh, you know, the Breezy Point area. And, and that's mm-hmm. a huge one. And that was massive, you know, turn of the century through even today, you know. Mm-hmm. They still have people coming up there and um, all those places along Gull Lake by your by your place on the river. Sure. You drive around the lake and, and there's some huge resorts that are still big yeah. names. And people yeah. spend a week or two there in the summer and, and pay a pretty price to be there, you know. Um, Mille Lacs, you know, Leech Lake, Vermilion, all these big lakes. Lake of the Woods, you know, Buck Fielding was telling us about the one that kind of cracked him up. They'd stay at this lodge and it was a big lodge house and one cabin right. and a nine hole golf course <laughs> and uh, just thinking back to some of these places you know where 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 have they all gone you know I, I heard a piece on radio not too long ago where someone was kind of pining away about these good old days and how they were in touch with someone at the resort association for the state of Minnesota and how there's somewhere around the number of 400 resorts left in the state and how this is just kind of a piece of cabin country. I guess to some extent, the selling off of resorts kind of enhanced cabin country and that all kinds of people now could buy cabins that were suddenly for sale. Sure. And, uh, you know, start their own chapter. But at the same time, certainly another chapter was closing. You know, and that was it. It was wrapped up and, and done. There were resorts, I'm guessing, FUD, in, in, in your past. I mean, mm-hmm. prior to the place on Gull Lake... Maybe in between that and your place on uh, Osakis, mm-hmm. there were a few visits to a couple resorts. Do you remember? And yeah. I think maybe we'll just take a walk on the wild side and flirt with with uh, naming some names here. You know, that we I don't think we're going to get in any legal trouble. We're just it's consider it a plug. If you're still in business, right? It's free advertising. But That's where right. where did your family fud? Well, it was right about the time we started going up to the shack. We also, with my mom's folks and some extended, some cousins, and went up to a resort on Gull Lake. And unfortunately, I don't remember the, the name of it. There's so many up there. Anyways, this one, I do have memories and plenty of photographs that my mom took and some home movies of, of hanging out at a beautiful, clean beach, you know. Eight millimeter film oh, yeah. rattling away. The Super Eight, and as I was telling to you earlier before the show, I, I I still remember when I was five or even younger and floating, probably only in a couple of feet of water, but and my dad was nearby, and I'm floating on one of those blue, you know, inflatable lounge floats things yeah, and yeah, uh, raft. I had fallen off, and uh, all I could see was just kind of green bubbles and uh, minnows. I think I saw minnows. And, of course, I came up wailing and bawling. And, uh, <laughs> I didn't like that. It hurt my nose and all that kind of Tiny stuff. Tiny fish going to kill me. <laughs> but before my dad got the place on Gull River in 1987, we, we did uh, go around to a couple of places. I think there's one called Ray's Resort. And I know there are more than one lake called Island Lake, but there's, there's a few, yes. But uh, I think this particular resort named Ray, I think there's more than one Ray's Resort. <laughs> but uh, the summer I was 16 years old and I caught the biggest walleye ever caught. It was like wow. eight, eight pounds. Yeah. And at, on the same trip, I caught the biggest northern I ever caught. That was like five pounds. Wow. Slam. And oh, it was, I'll never forget it. But I think we, we went up once or twice and we went. In my teen years, we went to Cragen's, which I oh, think yes. is still around. It's a big name. That's a big one uh, on on Gull Lake, and yes, I, I love it. You know, I just there's something about a nice beach, a nice cabin, and a and a restaurant and all good in the food same service, place, and, and boat rentals. And I'm gonna guess probably a golf course. Yep, of course, golf. That's I think it's a big area for golfing, without a doubt. So without a doubt. Well, that that that's interesting. That takes me to a couple different places. Uh, one, though, kind of an interesting, you're talking kind of curious ancient history, and, and I've got one like that, too, that involves another lake farther west, uh, Minnewaska, Lake Minnewaska. Um, 
and and during prohibition and i had i had uh, heard this story of a relative and i'll just leave it at that uh, who was kind of a wayward youth as a you know young farm guy in his in late teens just kind of looking for trouble and he had some friends that were like-minded and uh, this was during prohibition and mm-hmm. there were people you could find around that area who ran stills mm-hmm. made their own moonshine right oh, and uh, and this was a winter situation and uh, Minnewaska frozen solid you know not solid but I mean you know it's ice fishing time mm-hmm. you, you, and this was the cars, but it was cold. It was very, very cold. And these guys were like, well, the heck with that. We're, we're going out for a night, and the cars aren't starting because it's too cold. Mm-hmm. So they hitched up a team of horses to a sleigh. Yeah. And they knew where this uh, moonshiner, dare I say, was operating out of. Mm-hmm. Um, they talked to the right people and got the right directions and all this kind of stuff, who, whose name you had to use as a password, all this kind of right. malarkey. And they... They got there and uh, did their transaction with this individual. And I, I'm guessing came away with several mason jars full of something that could have doubled as gasoline. <laughs> and uh, did quite a bit of sampling as they took the sleigh back towards town across this frozen lake. And the guy who was running the still had a, a couple black laps. He was also a hunter and a fisherman and all these kinds of things as well as a moonshiner and apparently a right. farmer um, but the one of the labs had had puppies mm-hmm. and he was trying to get rid of these puppies and uh, so one of these already fairly inebriated young men said I, I'll take one of those puppies and that's you know, wonderful and as they're taking it off across the lake realizing it's probably 10 to 20 below wind blowing across a frozen lake and, at night and mm. he's worried about this puppy freezing to death so he decided in his genius he would put the puppy down the front of his pants <laughs> to share the body warmth and then the puppy wouldn't freeze. And uh, I, drunken logic, you know, just this makes all the sense in the world, right? Yeah, anyway, well, more sampling of mason jar liquor and, and more cruising along this and they're not moving all that fast now because they're all getting fairly inebriated and you know out in the cold drinking and this is, they all gotta stop because nature's calling right out in the middle of the frozen tundra out there on this lake nobody for miles of course and uh, this person in question is fumbling with his fly and ends up <laughs> grabbing what he thinks might be a part of the plumbing and producing it <laughs> and realizes all of a sudden the front of his pants are steaming and getting wet and he's holding in his hand a tiny black lab paw as he's wetting the front of his pants and uh, that always got me laughing but then all I could think was that poor dog oh my <laughs> this little puppy is now you know Soaked in urine oh. and, and 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 it's cold. You know, I was like, well, I hope it lived. You know, I oh don't. My gosh. But that became kind of. He's like, oh, for crying out loud, puppy's paw. <laughs> I just wet myself. <laughs> I kind of lived on in, in infamy and was told repeatedly. Um, but Minnewaska and resorts along Minnewaska. I know there were all kinds of resorts along Lake Minnewaska, but you know that tale from yesteryear, notwithstanding. Um, my dad was always looking for that cabin, and, and until the one on Daggett appeared, he was a, a fan of the resorts. And, and there was a resort on the Whitefish chain that he fell in love with, and it's still running, as far as I know. I looked it up hmm. last year on, online, and they're still in business. Um, it's called the Driftwood. On one of the, it's either upper or lower. I, might, I think it's upper Whitefish, so it's, hmm. it's out there a ways. And Whitefish, both Whitefish lakes are huge. Um, but this was one of those places. He had a cabin, and uh, they had a, a restaurant and multiple swimming pools, and you could use any of the boats that were there. My dad liked to fish, but I was kind of a squirrely little kid. I was probably five, four, five, six years old those years we went there. Uh, I know my sister went with us a couple times. Um, she was still in high school, but it was, yeah, it was it was crazy. We were like in northern Minnesota, but it was a resort. Mm-hmm. You know, there were dock chairs, and there were deck chairs around the pools and 
pony rides and 18-hole golf course. Of course. He wasn't fishing. He was out, you know, joining up with other guys he knew that were at that resort or at other resorts in the neighborhood. And they'd play their 18 holes. You know, it just, it really, it was an interesting time. I just remember thinking, you know, you, you'd go on these trips and mom would lay in a stock of all the crummy sugar cereal I, I didn't normally get to eat. And <laughs> there'd be all kinds of funny fake baked goods from, you know, the grocery store that came in cardboard boxes and had bright colors on them and were 100% sugar. <laughs> Yum. And yeah, and just you know, you ate all your meals there, and all this kind of stuff. And it's it's interesting that that still exists, and they actually brag up their eighteen hole golf course is one of the better, you know, in that neck of the woods. It's not 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 all that far from from uh, Pine River, I believe, is the town. It would hmm. be. And uh, yeah, still in business, still running, still doing great. So hats off to them. But uh, now my lovely wife talks about. Her dad coming into some money once upon a time and deciding he'd take them to a resort, and she can't remember the name of it, but it was on Rush Lake. Mm-hmm. Now, Rush, again, is part of that whitefish chain, you know, the Cross mm-hmm. Lake whitefish chain. And uh, I I know exactly where it was. I can see it in my mind, but uh, Rush is one of those lakes that's it's it's beautiful. It's not super huge. It connects bigger lakes and islands. And you got to be careful when you're running your boat through there because there's marked buoy paths right. all the way through. There are uh, down trees, old, oh. old snags, you know, sticking up all over the place. And, and you kind of got to be careful. But uh, from there you go into trout, and that's a huge lake. And, and then trout or whitefish, and you got access to these giant lakes. And I just remember that as a kid when we finally did get our place and finally did get that speedboat I've talked about on past shows. Boy, you could, you could have the engine running full tilt and be going in one direction for one hour solid and not have gotten to the other side of wow. uh, whitefish. And you're doing That's large. 35 miles an hour flying along and wow. it just keeps going and going and then you enter the next one. It's equally large. Just as a kid you're thinking, wow, it's like being on the ocean or something. This is crazy. Yeah. Boating for hours. I've never seen the same stretch of shoreline twice. So, Good times. Good stuff. But yeah, those that was that was where I ended up. I I remember too being a very small kid and and seeing, you know, I think I saw my first snapping turtle there, uh-huh. catching what I thought were fish and then hauling eastern box turtles out of the water. And my dad just <laughs> oh jeez, what the? <laughs> how do I get this thing off the line? You know, digging around in his toolbox for that kind of hand gripper kind of sure. thing with the jaws and turtle trying to pull its head back in with a big hook sticking out of its yap. Yikes. This is not good. Let's do more fishing. (laughs) I think you're done. But, yeah, I remember part of that, too, was the infamous pony rides. and It'd lead kids around on a pony. Oh. And not very far, not very fast, but as a kid from White Bear Lake. This is... Wow. This is cool. But those days seem to be on the wane. Changing, yeah. Those days are... Are ending. The big ones continue, and they're they're just as strong as ever. In some cases, new ones. You know, uh, I remember hauling you through that old stretch where our cabin used to be, and you got to one side of Trout Lake, and there was an old old resort that had closed down for a while, called Manhattan Beach, and then it reopened. And Brothers Lodge, Manhattan Beach, and it's back open again now. And hmm. People people love it. And it's it's got a history. I think there were even some ghost stories pertaining to that place. Who knows? Manhattan Beach. Hmm. Who knows? But uh, there will now be a short intermission. Ah, yes. I thought we were due for a break. Thanks, Don, for the heads up. When we come back, Bjorn and I will swap tales of the fun and also frightening experiences we had at that quintessential cabin country vacation stop, Paul Bunyanland. Up Nortco presents Cabin Country Aromatherapy Products. The workday is long and challenging. You're giving the best you've got. Effort, creativity, concentration. The hours pass. The tasks continue. A moment of serenity would put you right back into peak productivity. And what would bring you to that moment's peace? The aromas of those places you love to spend time in. The aromas of cabin country. You finish those financial reports for the training department? 
Why not light a cabin country eggs and bacon candle? Suddenly your office cubicle is the kitchen and the fishing shack. Are you at the office or sitting down to a hay baler's breakfast before a full day's fishing? You've gotten all those mileage reports filled and the dollars accounted for. How about spraying some July Back Bay Room Spray? Suddenly the third floor of your office complex has morphed into a blue water shoreline north of Pelican Rapids. With summer warmth and gentle breezes and just a hint of the midsummer dog day funk. It wouldn't be summer without it. Getting tired of the smell of antifreeze, dirty oil, and hot brake pads in the mechanics bay? Light a stick of Deerstalker incense and travel back to your last hunt. Deerstalker takes you out of the daily drone of the workplace and back into the stand, the deer shack, or out walking the drive. Light a stick of fresh earth acorn if the office is getting stale. Now the fourth floor accounting department smells just like Uncle Herb's freshly plowed back 40. I'll bet an eight-point buck is eating acorns behind the copy machine. Neighbor in the next cube having stomach trouble? Light a cone of Deerstalker dough urine. Deerstalker dough will override anything your neighbors might create. The showroom smelling like the manager's Chinese takeout? Burn a stick of Deerstalker's bear bait blueberry pie. Kung Pao replaced by warm pie on the farm kitchen window. Now all you need is a fresh cup of coffee. Deerstalker aromatherapy products. Change your perspective and find your inner bliss. Even at work. Now let's join Fudd and Bjorn back in cabin country. My family continues to visit the newly located uh, Paul Bunyan land. Ah, yes. Now where is that? I I remember the old classic. Yeah. Right off... Right off of 370... uh, 210 and 371. Right. Now now there's a a department store there. Um, It was kind of a bummer. I always liked driving by and seeing the tip of Paul's head, and sometimes you could see his eyes blinking and... His mouth flapping. Their infamous uh, helicopter tour. Oh, sure. Helicopter sitting there. Oh, yeah. We did that. I remember Oh, that. did you? Oh, yeah. We got, we got up there at one point, and I, I was looking at that cabin that became ours. Oh. And we stayed in Brainerd, because um, at the time we weren't sure, you know, back in the early 70s, what, what do they have for motels in Cross Lake? I don't know. So we know there's one in Brainerd, and it's, you know, 30 minutes away. We'll just do that. And part of that was, well, we got to go to Paul Bunyan land. It's right there, you know. Mm-hmm. And part of the thrill, I think, for a lot of kids, but it scared the daylights out of me, was you, you'd pay to come in. And if they saw a young Fudd or a young Bjorn standing there next to Dad, so mm-hmm. what's, what's, what's your son's name? <laughs> oh, Tommy, you know, whatever. And then they'd whisper it to whoever was working the the microphone for mm-hmm. you know the Wizard of Oz there on his throne, <laughs> this giant mechanical Paul Bunyan. And as you walk through the gate, he's staring right at you. Oh yeah, from his seat. Hello, Bud. <laughs> Good to see you all the way from St. Paul. I, it scared the daylights out of me. I just remember it always saying, "Don't tell him my name. I don't want to be seen." I would actually go out of my way to try to like hide, <laughs> you know. It, freakishly nervous little kid but uh, that and there was the some kind of old airplane they had sitting there you could walk oh, yeah. around on like a I don't even remember what it was but it was like a bomber or something from World War One or World War Two. feel free to walk around on this and then there was the thing I was always too sheepish to go into the, the haunted mine oh you know, that was a favorite of yours Fudd with the pretend you're going down yes. an elevator and right listen to the old prospector tell stories yeah, it's and it's still going. I think the same voice. Uh, Don might even have a sample of that. Yeah, we might have to hear a, a quick tidbit of that at some point. Howdy, partners! I'm up here in the window of my mine shack, and my name's Pyrite Pete. I run this here old mine. Have you ever been down in a mine? Why don't you take the elevator ride down into the ghost hole mine right now? It's kind of scary, but lots of fun. It's a ride you long remember. I'll be seeing you down there in the old mine. So long for now. Also, what they still have is the uh, the little scenes of the lumberjack camp, and then also sourdough Sam's. Uh, you know this little 
these mannequins are, are in there working away at, I don't know, breakfast and whatnot, and there's a sleeping mannequin over in the bunk bed in the corner. It's just still as dark and dusty and old as it was. It's still kind of frightening, but my, my 11- and 12-year-old girls you know, seem okay with it. Uh, there's enough cheeriness around and rides uh, that, but they haven't ventured into the uh, the old mine, uh, which, yeah, it's it's uh, it wasn't really that scary. It was inspirational uh, in, a, in a certain way. Religious. I like the yeah, it's like a church experience. <laughs> it was. Uh, oh, it's great. Well, they did a couple of years ago. I you know they had the same mannequin who's uh, in fact I, I think his name is is it Pyrite Pete. Quite possible. And, uh, oh, there, and uh, he's kind of welcoming me in. in. Well, this mannequin, you know, the, the, the beard was coming off. And <laughs> you could tell it was some young mannequin, well, young looking man- mannequin from an old Sears shop or something. Sure, and yeah. Come on it's, in. It's great in this season's sport coat. But, uh, I, I don't know, the whole thing is cool, but the actual result is kind of, well, so sourdough Sam and all those, those dozing mannequins that's inside the old mine? No, that's, I'm sorry. I'm, that's not inside the mine. It's just part of the layout. You're walking right, around. Right, like the old... Kind of rough Main Street kind of looking. I thought as a kid, I thought that was a haunted house. Like, isn't this a haunted house? There, yeah, and there is a... They have a haunted house, but it's uh, kind of... Hasn't been functioning for a while, but I think they're going to reopen it up for like the Halloween time. But the new the new owners are doing a pretty good job of uh, keeping it clean, and they've got most of the old stuff. And the, the the person who bought it is a collector. I spoke with him briefly, and he's he's also got uh, it's it's like an antique town. It's an old town, and so behind the Paul Bunyan land is just houses and cabins filled with. An amazing amount of junk, but <laughs> cool junk, old stuff from back in the outboard day. Outboard motors, and of course decoys, and fishing equipment, and rotten wooden boats. But oh, then gas pumps, and I mean, it, it, it really is wow. fun. Wow, it's uh, I, I, it's because my memory of it, the way it was in the old days in the middle of Brainerd, there was it was fun as a kid. But, uh, you know, there wasn't much to it. It seemed to be kind of seedy after a while. And There was pinball. But uh, pinball, well. Yeah, mini donuts. <laughs> I think they still have some of those. I hope so. At least this past summer, uh, the teenagers were friendly, smiling. And uh, we try to go when it's less crowded. But uh, I don't even know why I brought up Paul Bunyan Land, but... Uh, well, it's part of that whole... Experience. Like I said, you know, when we were trying to find out, okay, where's this cabin going to be and is it one we're going to purchase and all that kind of stuff that was a nice diversion for me mm-hmm. know, oh yeah young people and honestly and you know you got you looking for something to do or whatever there it was you know there was that i remember brainerd also used to feature something called deer land oh yes where you'd go and put quarters and machines that would give you a handful of corn and then these basically tame deer would come up and lick it out of your hand it's kind of go Okay. Ew, oh, that was fun. And where's the hand sanitizer? And right. now, now what? You know, there is a small petting zoo at the the current Paul Bunyan land, and I think there's a couple of pigs, rabbits. There's even a peacock and porcupine. And they they have the little little dispensers of feed, and they do have the hand sand hand sanitizer for you. So yeah, it's a it's a good spot. Donna, are they one of our sponsors? We should. Yeah, we better hook in with those guys. Yeah, is, really. I, I didn't realize now. Where is the new Paul Bunyan land? I mean, just to kind of get a It's feel. about uh, six miles uh, east of Brainerd now. I think it's on is it County Road 18. or But it's, um, it's not too far away from Brainerd. Um, five miles from Brainerd, where the cabin is, and then another six, seven miles to Paul Bunyan land. It's really not far. And it's still the same terrifying electronic Paul Bunyan sitting there on his Oh, throne. yes, it is. Oh, yeah. It is, and what what I marvel at now is the just the sound of the air pressure mechanism. You hear this. <laughs> you know, as his hand moves and his eyes blink. <laughs> and I do wonder, it's like, all right, where? At what point? 
Where is the guy? Where is the Wizard of Oz Pay no behind the curtain, the curtain who's saying all this? But, um, but no, it's good. It's good fun. Still announces kids by the name. Yeah, still does. You just write their names on a piece of paper and they hand it to somebody. Hello. And... Hello there. Good to have you here. I don't know my name. But it's, uh, it's good stuff. You bet. You bet. Good, clean fun. I'm glad it didn't just disappear. It seemed like a piece of childhood, that, along with the resorts, perhaps, going away. I remember, you know, another trip farther north, once upon a time. And I want to say it's Hibbing, where the original statues of Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox oh. are standing. Is it Hibbing? I'm not sure. I don't know. I have the funny feeling it's Hibbing. And, it, and I'm sure if I'm wrong, someone will someone will straighten me out on this, but... You get up there, and you're farther north, and then I'd heard about it, and I thought, well, there's probably a an amusement park there too, and then you know, getting hauled up there by the folks once upon a time, just looking for a side trip, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a slow weekend here at the cabin. Let's go up there, and, and my dad had actually worked up there as a teacher as a young man. That was one of you know, not Hibbing, but Black Duck and Hines and Ten Strike, all these little towns, mm-hmm. and uh, with curious names i might add and uh you got up there and i was like well where are all the rides and everything it was just these big concrete statues of this, <laughs> this sort of, oh paul bunyan's like twice as wide as he is tall <laughs> they're incredibly square looking what what is that is this the real this paul is it bunyan? I, I don't know i hope i'm not insulting anyone's town that's not my point when you're used to the penny arcade and the uh oh yes sourdough sam and where did it all go? Where is it? Let's Come not on. forget the. Uh, were you able to purchase a few trinkets and souvenirs? At yeah, the end I had of one trip? of those uh, rubber spears. Oh yeah, bamboo and rubber spears with you know painted you know the dyed feathers on it. Yeah, clearly a piece of Lakota history. Lakota, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then I think too, I ended up with one of those. Uh, it's a cardboard tube with stretched rubber, rubber over as the a top, top, drum top, top, top. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yes, I had those Play two. on that until you puncture the top. <laughs> See that it says Goodyear on the inside or whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was... I think they, they do still have those. And, of course, I, I can't help it. I look and just to see where they're made. and Well, they're not made in Minnesota by no, no, Lakota, Dakota Indians. Yeah. They're, <laughs> they're made a, a few miles east. But... Um, yeah, I got all those, and uh, I, do, I remember going to Deerland as well, and my, one of my favorite souvenirs there were little boxes of agates. Sure. Just a little little square box. Little, yep. Uh, Lake Superior agates. Pla- yeah. I just, Ironically uh, enough, you're not all that close to Lake Superior, but but right. it's in the state, Yeah, <laughs> and these came from there, we and think. Somebody polished them, shined them up, and Amen. they're neat. I, it's good stuff. I like those. So yeah, kind of the same, same old stuff. That's good. I remember that same trip where we ended up on the helicopter. I had the bamboo and rubber spear. And then I also, my dad thought it was really important that I have a, a, a coonskin cap oh. from their shop. So there's a picture of me standing there in a coonskin cap holding right. a bamboo spear outside of the helicopter. Wow. It's one of those weird sort of clash of cultures right. kind of things. <laughs> He's... Uh... Boy, what can you say? Davy Davy Crockett's hole in the day. Indonesian warrior getting ready to take flight in a Hughes Kais helicopter. Who knows where this is going? It was just stuff. It was. And you know what? Even back then, I thought, boy, when I think back on it, the old man really laid out some cash so we could go airborne. I mean, that wasn't a cheap trip. Yeah, we never uh, did it. Not that I would have wanted to. I. Well, my mom was dead set against it and was yeah. not so sure I should be up in that thing. But it was it looked perfect. I mean, it looked better than some of the news helicopters we see around here in the Twin Cities. So nice. it was interesting. It was interesting. Well, perhaps we'll take a short break in the action. And uh, quite possibly when we come back, it could be time for yet another installment of something that's been All right. surprisingly popular and yet yes. not so surprising after that. So, Don, if you want to. Take us out. That'd be a beautiful thing.
Schmidt's Coffee has offered premium roasts of world-class coffee to the upper Midwest for years. And as cold weather changes the tint of the Northwoods, Schmitz offers you Laughing Goose Blend Dark Roast, a coffee that will shake the cobwebs loose and lift you into your day's events. Laughing Goose is the perfect mix of strength and taste, like the mighty bird that gave it its name. There is no problem or challenge you can't soar over after three or four mugs of Laughing Goose. The strong, rich flavor of a dark roast with the smooth drinkability of a medium blend. Strong, hot, straight from the pot. What more could you ask for on a crisp autumn morning? And of course, Mitz still offers its full range of coffee blends, including Morning Dove, Early Morning Blend, for those who need a milder start to the day. Yodeling Loon Espresso, our strongest blend for a potent cup. And Whistling Wood Duck Medium Roast, for those who like to keep a full pot on all day long. Laughing Goose is yet another of the flavorful coffees offered by Mitz House of Fine Roasting. Mitz Coffee, the brew that flew with the Great Northwest. Now back to Bjorn Lloydstedt and Fudd Klugman on Cabin Country. It's time again for, I don't know how many cans we have left, Bjorn. Well, we are getting kind of deep in the scenic 24-pack, but there are still about five or six cans, I think, that could could share their wealth with us. So let's uh, Excellent. All right. dig deep here. All right, here we go. Start the intro music. The fun. And this week, of course, what do we got? Cowboys. Cowboys? Cowboys. There's a gentleman here in a 10-gallon hat carrying his carrying his saddle. Uh-huh. And uh, the gentleman in the back, not wearing any of the high-tech gear of 2019, but <laughs> clearly breaking a brock. <laughs> What appears to be kind of a homespun rodeo affair here. Yeah, I see. Uh, I see a few other uh, cowboys in the background leaning against a fence, but I don't see a huge crowd. So Not this a big isn't crowd. your. This is this is perhaps on the on the ranch breaking a, a spirited horse that needs to be brought, I see. brought to heel. A lot of a lot of fellows in the back, kind of watching watching this individual. Got his Excellent. Let me take short, a here. short lariat there. He's swatting the horse with. Right. Riding high in the saddle. The horse yeah. is jumping. He's head down. He's, he's giving it all he's got. And, uh, Excellent. Yeah. Trying to, trying to get that thing out of control. The guy in the front, uh, looking over his shoulders, he drags his saddle. Yeah, he's looking over. It. Yeah, it looks like Jimmy's doing pretty good on that. So he's gonna, he's gonna bring that beast to bear here. This is not bad. He's got the gentleman in the back leaning against the white picket fence got men in back uh, hands in pockets and a couple one, one guy sitting on, on the, the fence, fence. Yeah. sitting on the fence foot watching the horse fight that's right it's, uh, this uh, husbandman I heard you say Brock now is that a term for did you, did you say Brock I, I may have it's entirely <laughs> possible here in the I thought wait a minute beautiful Oakdale Studios I may have lost my mind oh okay I, I thought that was a term I Bronk, I think I was saying a bronco. Oh, a bronk. Oh, yes, right, bronk. Bronk busting. Or in this case, brock busting. <laughs> bring a TV anchor person <laughs> under control. Short lariats. Hat flying. Watch out. By gad, he'll read the news better next time. Well, earlier in the episode, you were referring to uh, pony rides. Pony rides. At the, uh, some of the resorts offered pony rides. Absolutely. I think we've talked about being I, on I have. Actually... Fudd, recently, one of the great let's clean out the house because all the stuff we have is getting to be too much and we got to clean this joint out. And My parents were fans of a slide camera. So they took slide film. Oh, sure. We had reels and reels and reels, carousels, if you will, of slides all over the place. And one of those that we went through featured our family at a, at a resort on Upper Whitefish Lake. Uh-huh. And I hope I'm getting this right. I think it was Upper Whitefish. Could have been lower. I'm not sure. There's there's two. They're both very large. But it was the Driftwood Resort. The Driftwood. And uh, a place I think I mentioned earlier my dad loved to go up there. And I don't know what you people are doing today. I'm going to fish. Then I'm going golfing. 18 holes. I'll see you much <laughs> later when I get back. But one of the thrills showed a very young Bjorn being led around the resort on on a pony. <laughs> Gamely led by one of the teenagers who worked there. 
who looked vaguely bored. Like, oh, okay, here we go again. Yeah, oh, sit tight, fella. Here we go. So, oh, Don't so it fall wasn't, off the horse. It wasn't like on a carousel. Oh God, no. Yeah, they you got on the back of a pony, and they led you around, and you sat there going. Got to be more to life than this. I just, I, seriously, you can know. you make him? Can you make him gallop? At what point do we get to run? <laughs> and they were worried about. No, you're gonna fall off. So yeah, just being led around this this the main thoroughfare there of the resort and, and sitting on the back of the horse, and then they came back and tied the horse up and got you off the back of this thing, and that was that. Did you have fun, son? You know. Uh, yeah, it was good. <laughs> it was outstanding. You never did anything like that, but. No, no. Um, I, I can only think back just a few years going to the Renaissance Festival and having my daughters uh, uh, ride on the. In fact, this one was a short, like a little carousel track. Yeah, yeah you're going around the circumference of about, uh, gosh, I don't know, 30 yards or sure. less. And uh, that and riding elephants. So, Renaissance, I mean, it's kind of a long way from nothing, this. Nothing says medieval Europe yeah. like elephants. <laughs> Hannibal is here. He's invaded. Do something with this. So this Schmidt scenic of uh, what looks like a butte maybe in Wyoming or something uh, is taking us somehow to the Renaissance Festival. (laughs) Minnesota Resorts and then the Renaissance Festival. I did at one point have a, I still do, I have a colleague I work with, and she's a proud owner of two Norwegian fjord horses. Oh. Were, were horses the Vikings brought with them on some of their travels. Wow. It's a shorter horse. They're kind of not real stocky, stocky but they're, they're, they're shorter, and they've got a very uh, brush-like mane. And uh, she invited us down at one point when my kids were much younger. And the idea was my daughter was very young, so we were going to sit in the wagon as one of the oh. fjord horses pulled the wagon. Mm-hmm. And then my colleague was going to lead the other horse with my son, who at the time was eh, seven, six, mm-hmm. seven, something like that, on on the back of this other fjord horse. And just they have a lot of property outside of the Northfield area. And, and so it was just kind of out on the fields, you know, right. no tracks or anything. Just taking the horse out for a walk. And hopefully she won't start running, being led. Mm-hmm. And uh, my son was sitting on the back of it. And I'm paying attention to the very little one, hoping everything goes smoothly. And then at one point, my colleague says, oh, my. And I hear my son say, you know, Mrs. So-and-so, I think I'm falling off the horse. <laughs> As all we saw was the sole of his shoe going up over the edge of this horse's back. <laughs> he was about to take the, the five-foot plunge to the sod off, oh. a, off a walking horse. And... Uh, Poor Bjorn Jr. Yes, Bjorn Jr. was about to go sod first, and she grabbed his shoe and then managed to keep the horse walking, but slowly bringing him back onto this horse. He didn't lose his cool or anything. It was just very nondescript. I think I'm falling off the horse. (laughs) And there he goes. Yeah, she grabbed him and hauled him back on. Interesting story. That horse had been hit by a car. Oh, my gosh. Uh, out on a ride on, on the side of the highway. They were well off the, the highway, but somehow this driver had lost control of his vehicle. I never really got to the bottom of how that worked, but the well, car hit the horse in the leg and broke the horse's leg. And we all know, you know what usually happens to horses that broke, break a leg. Right. Uh, there's not a happy ending. Not usually. Yeah, it involves some kind of high-powered you know, firearm. Um, <laughs> yes. But in this case, the horse is kind of a family member, and they actually spent the, the the coins to have the horse's leg operated on. They put a steel rod in this horse's leg. and I don't remember how many months it took for that poor beast to kind of get back on its on its legs, but uh, it healed. It can't gallop necessarily anymore, All but right. it's, still, it's still ambulatory, moving around. So, Still a member of the family. Absolutely. Kind of interesting how that all worked out. They were like, well, you know, it reminds me of a, I think it was an old Far Side cartoon. It said something like uh, emergency room horse farm, animal hospital, and all these doctors walking around with shotguns over their shoulders. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of, okay. Uh, oh, dear. Animal seems to have a cough. Well, I've just loaded two 10-gauge shells into this. I think we can take care of that for you. We have just the thing. Absolutely. Just the remedy. You know, in Europe, they eat these things. It's uh, Oh, my goodness. Wow. Large, large vegetarian. Uh, it seems to me that we have... Uh, there's another Schmidt scenic with horses on it because I'm I am recalling that I did share that a couple of years ago my family went to a 
to a ranch in Arizona, and yes. we all took along the dude. Yeah, you know, slow trollop along the um, the beautiful Arizona desert scenery. That was nice, but um, yeah, other than that, I haven't gotten into the cowboy thing or gone to any rodeos or seen any of that. But well, uh, I know we're both aficionados of some of the old school. Country Western, the originals. Back oh, in the yes, day. right. The Marty Robinsons of the world. And the oh, yep, yep. Original Johnny Cash's. Uh, also a fan of Hopalong Cassidy, Hop of course. Cassidy, Hoppy. California Carlson. Absolutely. <clears throat> so, uh, in fact, I think I did share the story where I asked, they had a cardboard full-size, uh, like, cutout of Hoppy and his, his horse topper, I think it was. Sounds it? about right, yeah. And I asked if, can I take a picture? Can I move to Hoppy out here in front of the, you know, they had a big pen filled with horses. And, oh, no, we, we can't move them out. It might disturb the horses. And, it's kind of weird. It's cardboard. Cardboard cutout. No, it's not Nothing hoppy. horses are terrified of more than cardboard. <laughs> cardboard cutout of Hopalong Cassidy, him in his big black hat and smiling face. Right. He loved horses. I, I don't know. But it, that was fun. I'm gonna break down this cardboard box. <laughs> <laughs> Stampede. Good lord. Excellent. Everybody Excellent. out of the way. There's cardboard. Well, another beautiful, uh, less Cuba designed Schmidt Scenic. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Back in the, I can't remember actually when they came out. I want to say it was early 70s. Yeah, I, I still remember the late great Ray Scott advertising those things. Usually yeah. in the midst of a Twins game or a Vikings game. and Pick up your Schmidt Scenic 24-pack. Start your collection today. So awesome. Beautiful, beautiful artwork. I don't know. Do we have time for a second dig here? I, I think so. I... All right. You want to reach in? You All right, man. I'll, I'll take care of good, good here we tidings go. here. There we go. Let's go. The music's the artwork and 12-ounce can of beer. And we're looking at... Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. It's a beaut. It is. We have got... Uh, on one side of the can, we've got a couple of steers pulling a covered wagon. Conestoga. Ship of the Desert. No, I guess Ship of the Desert would be a camel. And Prairie schooner. <laughs> there we go. And with a lone uh, driver, I guess. And on the other side of a kind of a river or a creek or something in the ditch is a, is a big passenger train. Then and now. Yeah, so that's... Wow. Then and now. Out traveling, traveling the prairie in the old style and the new. It's like a hint at the uh, the Iron Horse here. I think we're even kind of flirting with perhaps. Well, no, it's a different paint job. I look at that though, I can't help but think uh, Santa Fe Super Chief. Uh huh. The old streamline engine here, and uh, pulling alongside a creek, and yeah, on the other side, the the mighty Conestoga being pulled by a pair of oxen. Drover sitting on the the front end. I'm sure all kinds of squirrely youth on the inside uh, <laughs> playing with uh, corn shock dolls or something crazy like that. And I seem to remember you shared a story of how you and your family took a long train ride across the... Oh, we did. Yes, Northwest, yes. I think. And well, you know, Bjorn Jr. was a huge fan of trains as a very young, young sure. fellow. And uh, to the point where every time there was a train... And you could see it or hear it from the car. We had to pursue the train. <laughs> a train, Dad, a train. We'd have to follow it and figure out where it was going, if it was within reason. But we ended up thinking, hey, let's take that family trip out to Glacier National Park. Oh, boy. Glacier. I believe northeastern Montana sounds right. And the way we could do it was, well, we can drive out there. And as you know, Montana, open state, there's no speed limits on their freeways. You can drive as fast as you want. I didn't know Or that. to entertain the youth and his much younger sister at the time, she was two or three. And it was, she couldn't care less. It was just like, whatever. Okay. Is grandma coming? Okay, <laughs> yeah. I'll sit with grandma. They're showing Scooby-Doo again. But, uh, yeah, we're going to take the train. We're going to take the Empire Builder out to Glacier and I learned a couple things about the, the train travel, modern days. Well, A, the trains these days are not moving all that fast. I felt like we were hopping out at a maximum speed of about 45 or 50 miles an hour. Huh. You know, a large part of that, if we boarded the train at about 11 o'clock at night, you leave 
and uh, you're in a sleeper car. They make it all up for you. You get to sleep in the train, and it's actually really good sleeping. I mean, just the rocking and yeah. the sound of that, you know, the trucks going over tracks. and Sure. Steady. Yeah, very, very steady, very peaceful. You wake up, and you realize, God, we're not even out of North Dakota yet. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then, so we're not moving fast, and it seems to be taking quite a while. I remember we hit the Montana side of the trip, and I'm watching cars just flying by us on the freeway, and I'm We've got like another eight hours in this thing. <laughs> you know, if we had rented a car, we'd be there by now. But that's okay, because my son wants to keep asking all the conductors lots of questions, and they're getting kind of tired of him. Um, Are we B, going faster? Yeah, because how come this isn't going very fast? I don't and then part B was that you're really going through kind of scrubland everywhere you're going. Oh. You know, it's it's you saw those ads for you know the Great Northern Railway. Mm-hmm. Burlington Northern, Santa Fe, all these great things. You're going by the Rockies. You're going by the mighty Mississippi. You're going through the heart of all these beautiful locations. But in reality, I think that the trains got really good deals on unwanted land that's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and at uh-huh. one point, they made a big announcement. of, If you look over to the right at this point, we are passing the... It was some kind of cement statue... You know, commemorating something that happened between Plains Indians and agents or something. Mm-hmm. Far eastern Montana. And there's this kind of looks like a poor man's short Washington monument, completely <laughs> surrounded by razor wire and covered in graffiti. <laughs> and there it is. And there it goes. Okay. They're showing Scooby Doo again. Uh, maybe we get back down to the buffet car and watch Scooby Doo. <laughs> the animated film for the fourth time. You know, in the heyday, the glory days of the old steamline trains and people taking the train to get from place to place and celebrities going in the trains and these beautiful club cars and all these well-dressed people, well-heeled people sitting in these beautiful club cars having all these good food and expensive cocktails and all this kind of stuff. And it, Those days are gone, man. I mean, it was yeah. It's kind of like being in, in an employee break room. Yeah. You know, would you like an orange or possibly a red delicious apple? Or how about a can of Sprite? Ah, wow. It's, yeah. Nobody nobody attending the thing. And you're just kind of you're sort of on your own. There's no uh, singing a quartet with Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye, and the Haynes sisters. Sadly, uh, no. There was nothing about Christmas. snow. Yeah. <laughs> snow, snow, snow. It won't be long before. Well, there's yeah. the concrete shaft covered in spray paint kids all right won't be long now and then and then you do start making a lot of stops i guess if there's a letter c you start making more frequent stops because the train is still going through towns and they're taking on mail or they're taking on this oh. or they're taking on that oh you can get out stretch your legs for 10 minutes if you want to we're at the depot for Bumblefuzz, montana Ooh, <laughs> ah, okay get back on the train now ah and okay but it was amazing how it just Hours and hours and hours it looked like a, you know, N.C. Wyeth painting of just sort of dry grass blowing in the wind and nothing. Wow. And then all of a sudden, you get to the outskirts of Glacier National Park, and boom, the mountains just rise up in front of you, and beautiful, beautiful scenery all of a sudden just shows up out of nowhere, and you see, oh my gosh, look at all that, and we stop. We're here. Oh. Okay, everybody out. (laughs) Well, that was a great ending, but man, could we have spread that out a little bit? I don't know. What if you've ever world. driven through South Dakota, FUD, you know, headed towards yes. like the Badlands and, and yeah. Mount Rushmore and, and all those kinds of things, there's nothing and nothing and nothing and sunflower fields for hours and hours and hours right. and hours. Ads for Mount Rushmore. You've got to see Mount Rushmore. They're painted all over old derelict semi-trailer trucks right. all yes. over the place, but nothing, you know. The loneliest crows flying over yeah. old uh, high wire lines and things, and then all of a sudden you you're kind of coming down over this hill, and there's the Missouri River opening up in front of you, and yeah. all of a sudden, welcome to like the Badlands, welcome yeah. to all this cool right. stuff, you know. And then you're driving. We didn't we didn't train through that, but suddenly it got very interesting, very cool. Yeah. But you had to do it's like six hours of just oh, <laughs> it's flat. Try to keep away. Wow, the sun sure is hot. 
made some more coffee. A Captain Beefheart song. Show, sun show did shine this year. What'd you look like underneath? You know. <laughs> what is this? Somebody, anything. Just tell a joke. <laughs> well, the closest I've come uh, in a, relating a romantic train story would be the old... Do you remember the, the Minnesota Zephyr? Yes. In Stillwater. Yes. I so badly wanted to go on the Zephyr. Never got it. I did with my high school girlfriend. The old flame. Whose nickname you nicknamed Hoagie. We Hoagie. Can, we can call her Hoagie. On the Zephyr with Hoagie. So, yeah, that was back in, <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't know, 87, 88. Sure. And uh won't make a long story of it, but it, it was fun, you know. It was kind of a dinner thing, and they played music from, you know, it was mostly old-timers, old-time couples celebrating their anniversary. So you would have these announcements, you know, all throughout dinner of, you know, well, Chuck and Lois are celebrating 39 years, blah, blah, blah. Married bliss. I'm there with my teenage girlfriend. And and when you're you're seated there, it's better to, well, it was better to go with four, you know, four people. Sure. Two couples. Because then you could share a table. But it was just something I wanted to, I guess I had the the romance for trains, and Hoagie went along with me, and I guess he liked it enough, but I remember talking to this old-time couple celebrating their 40th or whatever at our table, and we were talking about music, you know, and what was playing was big band stuff, and of course, Hoagie really liked Prince at the time, so, you know, we talked (laughs) about how Prince was from Minnesota, and... Oh, yeah, that was... Quite a musician. (laughs) Nothing like the Pied Pipers. I'll never (laughs) smile again. Oh, I hope they played. Is there a dance floor... Was I'm there afraid. a dance floor? Could you, uh, could you no. get up and it was trip a, the light fantastic? It was a pretty tight fit. I think there was sort of an observation car where you could go up in an upper level and they had sort of the window ceiling. Sure, and sure. You could sure. look up. And it was it was a nice ride. Again, going about 30, 35 right, through miles through the St. Croix River Valley. And, uh, you know, it lasted two, three hours. And uh, it was, you know, it was nice. Did they get to like a destination and then it just sort of ended and you had to find a ride back to where it started? Or did no. they actually do a complete circuit and come back to it was it was I want to say it was based out of Stillwater, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, it was right in downtown Stillwater and Log uh, Boomtown of Stillwater, Minnesota. Just slowly I remember crossing one or two golf courses and uh, right. I think I think there was sort of a tour guide that would chime in and Talk about how some, you know, the golfers would get impatient with the Zephyr. Oh, I know. I think there were some complaints about some of the booming New Age houses being built in the Stillwater outlaying area. Right. Not really liking this Zephyr thing. So I have a feeling that was out of here. part of the downfall. Didn't pay for this. I really don't like that. On the set of Bull Durham. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't believe it. It's like going to an old Saints game at Midway Stadium, for Pete's sake. <laughs> Cut it out! I wanted horses, not... Right. Not a train coming through the back here. Well, it does remind me, too, of a couple other quick tales. There was a there was a train that went out of Osceola that you could ride on. And I don't know if it was the same setup as the Zephyr. I don't believe so. But they did a, a Halloween train Ooh. that would go through the St. Croix River Valley. Boy, that's not easy for me to say tonight, but I'm not <laughs> St. Croix River Valley. There we go. That's outstanding. <laughs> and, uh... Again, the son was about the same age he would have been on the on the trip out to Glacier. He uh. was just totally into it. And it, it was missing a lot of windows. And it hmm. was October, you know, and we were getting close to Halloween, and it was really kind of brisk. Um, I think they were handing out hot cider and all this kind of stuff uh. and talking about some of the, the spooky stories from around the St. Croix River Valley at the time. And, oh, the old, the old logging stories and some of the people out doing whatever they did. I was, I was going to chime in with prospector tales, but I don't think there was ever any gold hey, or silver. Hey, folks! It out. I can't believe it. I've got my claim over here. And it, we're digging up mud. But uh, it, it was fun. You know, you got the opportunity to be on an old train and cruise along. Really, really cold. I remember that. And then part, part two of my never-ending tale here, uh, you know, the Twin Cities used to be a hotbed of light rail. You know, the trolley cars that oh. went all over the Twin Cities. And, right. and I'm told, you know, as a history buff, that uh, it was the onset of freeways and the buses. People just said, we're going to sink our money into buses now. We're going to rip up these train tracks, right. get them out of here. Ironically, now the Twin Cities have rebuilt light rail. Yeah. But uh, out in uh, 
you know, South Minneapolis, there's there's the Minneapolis light rail. You can you can get on the trolley and ride it from basically the edge of Lake Harriet. It maybe goes a mile and a half, mm-hmm. and and you go past Lakewood Cemetery and you go past you know where all the lakes kind of come together, and you're kind of right there in the core of Lake Country, Minneapolis. Right. See the city off to the, in the distance, and and the crazy thing about those trolleys is they just stop at the end of the line, switch the end, you know, reverse it, and just go back the same way they right. came. I yeah. Mean, yeah. What used to be the front end is now the back, and the back end is the front. And the driver literally takes the I don't know ignition or drive key off the the engine and goes up to the front and what is now the front. And huh. Now we're going the other direction, and they too do a Halloween trolley where. Oh. They hang things in the trees, and there's all this crazy stuff, and they tell some stories, and it's a short little ride, and hmm. it's cold. <laughs> they turn it around. The glory days of yesteryear in the Twin Cities with light rail and trolleys. You know, I mean, that particular line, I'm told, would at its height, you could get out to Lake Minnetonka and maybe beyond. Mm-hmm. And then if you wanted to go north, there were different junctions, but you could take those trolleys all the way out to White Bear, Montemita. And people did because White Bear at the time was sort of a, a almost a you know resort town. Oh sure, big lake. People building their cottages along Lake you know, White Bear Lake, and then uh, Montemedi too was kind of a hangout for people who liked uh, well many things. There was a amusement park out there, Wildwood Amusement Park, and mm-hmm. they had a. I think in fact I think the wooden roller coaster from Wildwood Amusement Park ended up and is still at. Valley Fair. There's a oh. name for it. I want, I would, it's either the, might be called the High Roller or something. I don't recall, but it's a wooden, yeah, old yeah. wooden, uh, you know, roller coaster. And I remember being a senior in high school, and my girlfriend and I at that point, let's go sure. to Valley Fair. Okay, and that's where I learned I don't do well with roller coasters. <laughs> I, it's just like, uh, oh man, got off that thing, you could barely walk. <laughs> Has he been drinking? No, but he wishes he had. You know, <laughs> ah, I'm going to fall down here. Um, but Montemedi, too, was a hot spot for kind of the, the seamier underbelly of St. Paul. Uh, people wanted to go out and go to the nightclubs and defy the prohibition orders. There sure. Were, there were places out in Montemedi that have dance bands and under-the-counter hooch and yeah. drink your fill and dance a lot, maybe get in a fight. And, <laughs> and, you know, all kinds of Chicago underworld types coming up to the Twin Cities, they'd go out and hang out on White Bear Lake and Montemedi. And so those trains, those, those light rail trolleys could get you all over the place. And if you happen to pick up a puppy along the way right, on yeah. one of those nights... Stuff it down your trouser pants. Just uh, be careful. Maybe you... Uh, beware. What I don't understand is, why didn't he just put it in his jacket? Well, you know, I think after a jar and a half of... <laughs> White lightning, that, that brilliant idea just didn't make as much sense as stick it down your, your loins. See if we can't keep this dog alive. Yikes. Try not to produce a paw, wet your slacks. <laughs> yeah. You know, Montemita and White Bear, they had steam launches on the lakes. People could take these steamboats out on oh, the lake sure. and cruise the lakes, and they had that also on Minnetonka. So, oh, okay. In fact, I think the Minnetonka launch is still active. They, they rebuilt it. Got it all tooled up, and and you can do that now. Uh, one of them sank on White Bear Lake, and that was actually kind of a hot spot for local dive clubs to go down and oh really find the steam launch that had sunk back in whatever year that was. Hmm. Interesting stuff. Yeah. I think a lot of those tracks are still out there, kind of been commandeered by uh, you know freight freight companies, oh, sure. train companies that are hauling freight. But um, I don't know. Kind of a sad story that those all went away. I, I just I love that idea, you know. Yeah, newer version doesn't go quite as far. And yes, it's much faster and it's incredibly warm and it's beautiful. But the old days, boy, you learn the hard way. I guess rip everything up and then rebuild it again later. So. <laughs> sad right. but true. Everything old is new again. New again. I think there's a song in there somewhere. Oh yeah. Yes, indeed. We'll, we'll save you all the singing. That's right. Well, thought I think a. a Productive round of Indeed. the scenic collection. Maybe not as in depth as we want. Maybe far too in depth for some of our listeners. But that's Perhaps. that's all right. Well, thanks for staying with us. If you absolutely you hung out, you've you've stayed the course, and we appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back with you soon with more 
tantalizing tales from the tall woods and the magic of cabin country. Excellent. All right. There you have it. We'll see you soon. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.